Those are the drums of liberty. And those drums have been sounding from Israel since last Saturday, when a sneak attack by Hamas became Israel's 9-11. Let's talk about that next on this Liberty Minute. Welcome to the Theory to Action podcast, where we examine the timeless treasures of wisdom from the great books in less time to help you take action immediately and ultimately to create and lead a flourishing life. Now, here's your host, David Kaiser. Hello, I am David, and welcome back to another somber Liberty Minute episode. The world has continually seen over the last several days the face of butchery and barbarism. Close to 1,000 lives have been lost now, with most of them being Israeli, most of them being Jewish. And much of the world has said for the last 20 or 40 or even 75 years, anti-Semitism was rooted out after World War II. We don't have it any longer. Well, based on the last several days, Jew hatred is back and is back in full force. Hamas's attack on Israel is just a small-scale holocaust. Let that sink in. Another thing to let sink in. Hamas kidnapped babies. Yes, babies. And beheaded them. That's frankly an evil we've never seen. Pure evil we have never seen. You can't explain that. You can't reason with that. That's pure evil. Pure evil. The people who do such things have extremely troubled consciences. They've allowed hatred to enter their hearts. They've allowed hatred to take over their hearts. I'm sorry. Those are the facts. They will double speak. They will try and reason. They will reason with insanity. What happened to Israel on Saturday has to be, has to be a major pivot point in how we deal with terrorism. Terrorist groups are morphing into political groups to hide their cover. That can no longer stand. No more. We said on Tuesday's episode, it's clear that this surprise attack from Hamas beginning on October 7th, 2023 has left a deep impact, not only on Israel, but on the global community as well. But we cannot allow a ceasefire. The terrorists have to be eliminated, period. Israel's beginning to prepare for a ground invasion into Gaza. We need to see this thing through to the end. Despite calls for ceasefires already, this event, without question, is Israel's 9-11. So on today's episode, I'm going to share two items that I have come across, I think are relevant. 
first, and we like to ask questions here at the Mojo Academy to get to the heart of the matter. What was the reason for the attack? What does Hamas claim was their motivation for the attack? We don't hear this from our major media sources, so we wanted to research that question. Going to the article. Most of the coverage of the Hamas-Israeli war omits the reason for Hamas's attack. Reports that do address the question often cite the official Hamas explanation that Israel is plotting to destroy the Al-Ask Mosque on Jerusalem's Temple Mount. Hamas calls this war Operation Al-Ask Deluge, but that justification is a fraud. The mosque is in no danger, and Hamas isn't defending any Muslim holy site. The attack is offensive. Hamas wants to torture and kill Israelis in hopes of triggering mass uprisings by Muslims and perhaps spurring a larger war that might wound and isolate Israel with the ultimate aim of destroying the Jewish site. And before we go further, sorry, uh, this is a op-ed by Douglas Feith on October 9th, Wall Street Journal. Douglas Feith, if you don't know, is senior fellow at the Huston Institute. He served as Undersecretary of Defense for Policy from 2001 to 2005. Going back to the article. The acquisition the accusation that the Jews were plotting against the Al-Ask was concocted a century ago by Hajar Amin al-Husani, 1897-1974. The predominantly political leader of the Palestinian Arabs from the 1920s through World War II and beyond. Now this guy is a real gem. Should do some research on him. Hajar Amin is a or was an Islamist radical from a notable Jerusalem clan. He became a significant figure at the age of 24 when a British official appointed him Mufti of Jerusalem, a religious high office. Britain made the appointment because it conquered much of the Near East, including Palestine, in World War I, after the Ottoman, Turkish Empire, sided with the Germans. The British victory ended 400 years of Turkish rule. The Arab-Jewish conflict arose from the peace settlement after the war, which put the approximately 19 million Arabs of the Near East on a path to sovereignty over 99% of the region's territory. The remaining less than 1% was Palestine west of the Jordan River, the bulk of the ancient Jewish homeland. It was put into a trust called a mandate for the benefit of world Jewry which then constituted some 15 million people. Its small population of Arabs, 600,000 or so, naturally preferred to remain the majority, like Arabs in the rest of the Near East. The Jewish people, however, would then have had to live as a stateless and vulnerable minority everywhere and enjoy national self-determination nowhere. Now, getting back to Mr. Husani, our Islamic radical. He was a violent enemy of Zionism. 
He had no interest in sharing the land, no sympathy for the Jews, no interest in peace with them. He said Palestine belonged to the Arabs, period. While Zionist leaders time and again showed a willingness to accept the best deal offered to them to set up a state in less territory than they believed they were entitled to, Haji Amin argued that national control of the land was a matter of honor and religious faith and therefore could not be compromised. Later on, he would summarize all these in an article he published in the 1950s. Listen to this. There is, quote, a plot devised long ago between the Jews and colonialism, he wrote, and its aim is to remove the indigenous Arabs from their homeland. That's a lie. This plot, this, quote, plot also extends to terminally eliminate the Arab character, religion, holy places, and places of worship in this country. That's a lie. To uproot its sons, he wrote. They also intend to rebuild the Jewish temple known as the Temple of Solomon on the current site of the Blessed Al-Ask Mosque. That's a lie. He described our battle with world Jewry as a question of life and death, a battle between two conflicting faiths, each of which can exist only on the ruins of the other. End of quote. And here comes our most important nugget. Hajj Amin positioned himself as Islam's champion in Jerusalem. He made a project of heightening the city's importance in Muslim eyes and systematically and then falsely alleging horrific Jewish threats. He succeeded in becoming the predominant Palestinian Arab political leader in the 1930s and 40s. Britain eventually expelled him from Palestine in the late 1930s for supporting terrorism. During World War II, he helped organize a pro-Nazi coup in Baghdad, Iraq, which Britain helped to suppress. Hajimin then fled to Berlin, of all places, where he met Hitler and became a Nazi government guest. He made pro-German wartime propaganda broadcast and helped recruit the SS or helped the SS recruit Bosnian Muslims. Hajimin's embrace of Hitler's discredited Arab cause in Palestine, making the Palestinian Arabs di- diplomatic pariahs for a quarter century after World War II. Now, today, Hamas brazenly uses Hajimin's playbook. Its leaders hope to rally the Muslim world by repeating the Mufti's claims of Jewish threats to the Awas Mosque. The allegations falsity should be obvious. Israel has controlled the Temple Mount for some 50 years. It has not destroyed the Al-Asq Mosque or the Dome of the Rock. Regarding freedom of worship on the Temple Mount, it has shown extraordinary deference to Muslims' interests and sensibilities. Muslims pray there without hindrance. Visits by Jews are allowed, but not in the main buildings, and Arab security personnel generally prohibit open prayer outdoors. The alleged Jewish threat to the Al-As Mosque has been bogus since Hajimin invented it. Hamas's actual goal, also borrowed from the Mufti, is to drive the Jews out of Israel to win what he saw a battle of two conflicting faiths each of which can only exist on the ruins of the other. 
in aligning itself with Haj Amin, Hamas conceives and fights its battle against Israel in such a way that diplomacy can never resolve it. Opposing all compromise, Hamas demands a fight to the death. And that is the end of that article. And I would just say my own words here, we should give them that death. Based on the barbarity and the butchery of the last several days, we should give them that death. Now let's pivot to Dennis Prager's article or column rather uh, posted Late on Tuesday, October 10th, German Nazism's successor, Islamic Nazism. This column has some solid nuggets of truth and wisdom in it, so let's check those out. Go on to the article. In every generation, they arise to annihilate us. That statement appears in the Haggadah. The book read from At the Passover Seder. The book is about a a thousand years old. The statement is more than 2000 years old. A generation or two ago, it was the Nazis who arose to annihilate the Jews. And this generation, the Islamic Republic of Iran, Hamas, Hezbollah, and other Islamic movements have risen to annihilate the Jews. The widespread overuse of the term Nazi, like the overuse of the terms fascist, racist, existential threat, genocide, misinformation, threat to our democracy, among others, has rendered, quote, Nazi little more than a word to dismiss people who oppose the left. Nazis should never be used to describe non-Nazis. Nazi evil was the sui generis. There's never been as organized as industrialized an attempt to murder every member of a religious ethnic group. Every member. Meaning babies, women, and the elderly as well as adult males. As the Nazi attempt to murder every Jew in Europe. Within a mere four years, they nearly succeeded. The Nazis murdered two out of every three Jews in Europe. And here's our most important nugget. But the term Nazi is applicable to one ideology today. There is an ideological successor to the Nazis. Just as the primary aim of Nazism was to kill every Jew, in Europe the primary aim of tens of millions of radical Muslims is to kill the seven million Jews in Israel and eradicate the one Jewish state. The Muslim leaders of the Islamic Republic of Iran regularly announce that the annihilation of Israel is their paramount aim. They would rather murder the Jews of Israel and eradicate Israel than feed their people. Let me restate that. They would rather murder the Jews of Israel and eradicate Israel than feed their people. In fact, they have stated that the deaths of tens of millions of their fellow Iranians is a price worth paying if it means annihilating Israel. 
That is why the purpose of Hamas's attack was to slaughter as many Jews as possible. No army base was attacked because the attack had no military aim. Hamas Eisenstadtgruppen, the name of the Nazi mobile killing units, attacked a music festival where they murdered at least 270 young people and maimed an untold number of others. Their other targets were homes, as if to kill entire families, because their aim was not a military victory, but the murder of Jews. Babies and grandmothers are not military targets. And actually, let's let's stop here. I'm not sure if everyone has seen this, but everyone should see this. Just don't see this with your children close by. It's extremely graphic. But everybody must see this. Trey Yankst, the Middle East uh, reporter, I believe he's with Fox. Uh, He might be with somebody else, but I think he started with Fox. Actually, I think he's still with Fox. Anyhow, Trey has been doing just fantastic reporting on the ground, providing lots of facts, uh, separating fact from fiction as things unfold very, very rapidly. I saw it one time. I think he said he's been reporting 63, 63 hours out of the 72 hours in the last three days. So the guy is, is uh, just doing his job as an absolute professional, trying to sort out everything that's happening. But Trey Yangst posted uh, this afternoon, this is uh, Wednesday afternoon, the town, he entered the town of Behari with the Israeli army. 10% of the community was slaughtered by Hamas. And a major general told us on camera that people were found without their heads, the others with hands tied behind their backs. And he said, don't look away. I will post this. It's only a 23 second video. But the point is we cannot look away. We will never forget was the phrase we must not ever forget was the phrase coming out of World War II and the Holocaust that we would never let any people anywhere in the world be subject to that genocide. And we are watching that happen today. Going back to the article. Many Jews not initially killed by Hamas were taken as hostages, including toddlers and grandparents. Social media, the Times of Israel reported, were filled with horrifying videos of men, women, and children being carried in the Gaza Strip, many of them appearing to be abused. The celebrations in Gaza and elsewhere in the Muslim world were over Jews having been murdered and displayed. You can see the ecstatic joy of throngs of Palestinians in Gaza as Hamas terrorists display Jewish bodies in the back of pickup trucks driving through the streets of Gaza. Going later in the article, disturbing footage shows a boy of 10 being dragged toward an opening in the border fence by terrorists. 
Eretz Calderon, who was snatched from his home in Nair Oz, south of Israel, by Hamas, looks terrified as he's led through the streets by heavily armed men. His father Ofer and his sister Shaha, 16 years old, was also abducted. Diza Hyman, 84, was kidnapped from her home in Kabatz near Oz, close to the border and taken into Gaza. Another grandparent, 85-year-old Yafa Ardar, was bungled into a golf buggy at gunpoint by a group of terrorists. The result was that on October 7th, 2023, more Jews were murdered than on any one day since the Holocaust. Percentage-wise, it's as if 40,000 Americans had been murdered. Now, on Tuesday's episode, I said 20,000. The number is increasing. Going back to the article. And these Israelis were murdered for the same reason Jews were murdered during the Holocaust. Because they were Jews. Now, after World War II in 1946, we said, we said collectively as a world, after that war, we must never forget. We even created a date to remember it by, January 27th. Why that date? Well, on November 1st, 2005, the UN General Assembly adopted resolution a resolution, 60-7, to designate January 27th as the International Holocaust Remembrance Day. What does that day mark? Well, it marks when Auschwitz and Birkenau were liberated as POW camps, as labor camps, as death camps. That date is meant to honor the victims of Nazism. That same resolution supports the development of educational programs to remember the Holocaust and to prevent further genocide. And actually, you can hear from various Jewish organizations about this. The AOGC, I'm sorry, the AGC.org. They said the camp Auschwitz-Birkenau, the camp actually was a complex of camps and work sites. It was the destination for more than 1.3 million people arrested, deported, and enslaved by Hitler's regime. Beyond imagination, an estimated 1.1 million were murdered there, of whom 1 million were Jews from across Europe and 100,000 were primarily Soviet prisoners of war, Polish Catholics, and Roma. Auschwitz-Birkenau was not the only killing site. Other camps included Bezik, Buchenwald, Dachau, Mauthausen, Sobiar, Treblinka. In all, an estimated 6 million Jews or two-thirds of European Jewry were exterminated by the Nazi, by Nazi Germany and its collaborators. Whether in camps, forced marches, roundups, or other killing sites such as Baba Yar, a ravine in the outskirts of Kiev, Ukraine, the Holocaust defies imagination. Its aim was the final solution of the Jewish people. So on the 60th anniversary in 2005, we said collectively as a whole world, we must never forget. 
That phrase was echoed since the end of World War II. A genocide can no longer happen in our world. And now in 2023, we seem to have forgotten. Anti-Semitism reigns loudly in our world. Jew hatred is what it is. It's a sin. It's a deep and troubled sin. It teaches hate. It clouds and overtakes the heart. We are seeing the face of it now. I ask you to go to the Twitter page of Trey Yankst. I will put the link in the show notes. Watch that 23-second video. Watch his other videos as he goes from town to town to report on the massacres. In today's Liberty Minute, we must never, never forget. And we must not look away. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this Theory to Action podcast. Be sure to check out our show page at teammojoacademy.com, where we have everything we discussed in this podcast, as well as other great resources. Until next time, keep getting your mojo on. Are you a voracious reader who yearns for a deeper understanding of your favorite books? Or perhaps you're a busy professional seeking to enrich your knowledge, but short on time. The Mojo Academy 2.0 is your perfect solution. Our revamped service now includes beautifully designed monthly written reviews and PDF format to accompany our popular audio reviews. These aren't just summaries. These are comprehensive and insightful explorations of each book, packed with the actual quotes from the book to enhance your understanding. With usually six to nine pages per review, they are perfect reference tools to take your learning to the next level. Get your free Mojo Academy review in written format at teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes for that free link. Again, teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes, and you will see the link for the free written review. Get yours today.